Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, musicians and overhead workers for your ministry. Exodus chapter number 17. You can turn there. Exodus 17. We're going to read in verse number 8. I want to welcome all of our visitors from behalf of our senior pastor, Sister Angel, his family. They're not here right now. Pastor is preaching uh, both services, Sunday morning and Sunday evening service, the Sunday right before the conference there in Prescott. So pray that he gets the mind of Christ. And he's also ministering uh, in that week of conference, Wednesday morning. He'll be preaching in the morning seminar. And then immediately after that, uh, the following Sunday, he's going to be starting revival meeting in Chandler. And so he's there to be refreshed, but he's also giving himself to refresh others. So let's pray, man, that God would move upon him, refresh him as they're away and cover them by the Holy Ghost. Exodus 17 verse 8. In an interview, uh, Michael Phelps' mother talked about how difficult her son's life was. This is um, a swimmer, Olympia swimmer. She talked about how he had ADHD. The kids in Phelps' class teased him about it. She also talked about how he always had a skinny body with big ears. He used to be teased constantly about his awkward-looking body. Phelps was teased all his life. After hearing this story, the interviewer turned and asked Phelps, how have you endured so much hardship as a child and become an Olympic champion? Why didn't you give up a long time ago? Phelps responded, I didn't give up because as a child, I saw myself doing what I'm doing uh, uh, today. I always knew I was a champion. And he said these words, and with the help of great supporters, 
I am where I am today. Michael Phelps went to be a five-time Olympian, 2000, 04, 08, uh, 12, and 2016, 28-time Olympic medalist, uh, 23 golds, three silvers, two bronzes, uh, and many, many other accomplishments with Michael Phelps. But here in our text, we're going to read... Uh, Amen. About a vision. We're going to read about people, supporters that not only uh, help an accomplishment, but ultimately has won a battle for Israel. Exodus 17, verse 8. Now, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua to choose some men to go out and fight with the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he no longer can hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. Father, we're grateful this morning for all that you're going to do, what you've spoken. We're asking God our hearts are open. Lord, speak to us. Give us revelation of your word. Manifest your spirit, God. I have no confidence of anything I can do. I rely upon the Holy Ghost. Anoint these lips of clay. I thank you, God, that you would enable me to convey your word. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said. Amen and amen. I want to preach a sermon I've simply entitled Vision Bearers. Let's talk firstly about the staff of God. Now in our text, we are very familiar with what our text is talking about. Here the children of Israel have just gone out of Egypt. They're on the way to the promised land. And what happens now as they are on the way to the promised land, that they are confronted with an army called the Amalekites. And the battle plan here, as they are fighting down in a valley, the battle plan was to win the battle. How many of that's helpful? And so with under one condition, here we find in our text that the Israelites could win the battle under one condition, and that is that the staff of God, which is the authority of God, had to be held over the battle. So here is the authority of God that's in the symbol of a shepherd's staff. This is the same staff, if I could remind you, that God used to deliver Israel out of Egypt. God used the same staff, amen, to be lifted above the Red Sea and it was split in half. This was the same staff that God approved to Moses that he was God and that he was going to go with him. But now we see in our text again that the authority of God is needed once again. The authority of God in our text as the symbol of a staff, it's God's word. It is God's promises, God's purpose that was given to them when it is lifted and when it is sought after. How I many know deliverance happen? 
When the word of God, when the vision of God is lifted above, miracles and provision happen. And when Moses told God that I don't have what it takes with the same rod and with the same staff, God proved to Moses that he was God. The staff of God in our text represents the vision. When the vision is being tended to, deliverance happen. When the vision is lifted, the battle of winning souls become our advantage. And thank God, amen, that in our fellowship, the vision has never changed. And that is to make disciples, that is to plant churches, and that is to evangelize the world. How I many you know this morning, that's, just, that's not just a model. That's not just a lingo that we go by. That vision right there was heavenly inspired. It is God's marching order for our fellowship. You see, the vision is simply God's authority, God's plan for his church. It's not optional, but it's a direct commission that needs to be fulfilled this morning. Is what God wants to get done in the local church. You see, God's purpose, how many know this morning, has rewards. He's not just going to tell you to do something without commending a result. He said, if you would obey, if you would uplift the vision... That there's going to be a reward. In our text, as long as the staff was lifted, the result was in the battlefield. And I thank God, amen, that decades later on down the road, that we have remained the same, amen, that we are to evangelize the world, raise up disciples, amen, and plant churches, amen, and years down the road, that is still uplifted, amen, that is God's purpose, that is God's authority, and he's telling the church as long as that vision is lifted over the battlefield, winning souls will be in our advantage. Secondly, let's talk about bearing the vision. What's amazing about our text is that we find three positions mentioned. Moses and Aaron, Aaron and Hur, and Joshua and the soldiers. This speaks about the positions in the church. There is the pastor, there is the supporters, and then there is those in the mission field. Notice how important it is for each position to be filled. Moses couldn't uphold the vision without the supporters. The supporters couldn't support anyone without the pastor. The soldiers couldn't fight and win the battle without both the pastor and the supporters. And on and on it goes in circles. My point is, the vision needs the pastor, supporters, and goers all working simultaneously. My question to us this morning is, are we fulfilling our purpose to uphold the vision that God has given us? Are we bearing the vision as we ought to? Are we playing the part or are we fulfilling the need? Come on, somebody. Moses' arms, verse 12, became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. And so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in this battle. You see, what makes the vision so powerful this morning uh, is that every single person is called to contribute. Whether you're young or old, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a church kid or, or outsider, whether you're a U.S. or non-U.S. citizen, whether you're 65 years of age or 16 years of age, you are called to bear the vision that God has given us. So let's talk about God's position for you. Number one in the church... Uh, there is leadership. 
Pastor Moses climbs to the rock and so long as his, he raised the staff of God, the battle was won in order uh, for the vision to continue. How I many know we need leadership this morning? Uh, we need a man who could be the culprit, uh, amen, in upholding that which God has called us to do. Uh, and thank God that we have that this morning. Uh, leaders, amen, that are inspiring the church uh, that we can take the world for Jesus Christ. Leaders are to uphold the authority of God. The leadership position isn't a spot that can be debated whether or not their resume is up to par. But when a man of God enters leadership, how many know it's because God chose them to? It is God's specific calling for a specific man to lead a specific type of people. He is to inspire others for the kingdom of God. God specifically chose Moses to be the leader. And you can see in our text why he did. Time and time again, the people of Israel will be frustrated. They would complain. They would tell Moses, you could have just left us in Egypt so we can die there. But Moses would go to God in prayer and begin to pray, God, spare these people. Because what would others say? They would say, you deliver them out of Egypt to kill them in the wilderness but then here we find in our text years later Moses is still upholding the vision still upholding the authority of God in other words this morning uh, he kept the main thing the main thing thank God amen that after all these years uh, we have leaders who have kept the main thing the main thing this morning that in different scenarios, in different circumstances, in a different generation with different leadership, but the same staff of God, the same authority, the same vision is still stretched over the battlefield. Upholding the vision comes in forms of casting the division. This is what we do. Why? What we do, what we do. This is why we hear our pastors say many times, we're going to see the greatest revival this world has ever seen. This is is why we here we're going to build a mezzanine to f- facilitate the growth that God is going to bring that out of this insignificant place God is going to use us to reach the world that we are going to see fruit we are going to see converts we are going to see backsliders come to Jesus in these days to come your unsaved loved ones are going to come and hit the altar they're going to get saved and converted and filled with the Holy Ghost we hear our pastor say this why because he is casting division He's holding the authority of God over the battlefield. And so long as the vision is lifted, the battle will be won in our favor. We're going to see miracles. You can do mighty things for God. That's why there is challenges of who will go to the nations, who will respond, who will take initiative, who's going to give, who's going to sacrifice. Why? Because we are holding up the vision that God has given us as a fellowship. In leadership, he is bearing the vision with both arms, uh, upholding the authority of God that commands us uh, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, Amen. That's the inspiration. But there's also uh, an anticipation of who will catch the vision that's been cast. Moses is holding up the staff and dropping it a couple times. The Bible says when his arms get weakened, that his arms will be down and the battle will be in the favor of the Amalekites. And when he's, when he was weary, the Bible says these two men, Aaron and Hur, would come and pick it up. In other words, these men, amen, in their time, as they are looking at their leader, 
that somewhere on the inside said, you know what, we need to do something. That the vision has been upholded. That our leader is, amen, bearing the vision over the battlefield. And we need to do something about it. We got to take initiative. We got to step forward. We have to support. Secondly, there's not just leadership, but there's also supporters. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. See, Aaron and Hur became one of the most iconic, faceless helpers in the Word of God. I mean, listen to this. These two men had initiative. In our text, the need was that Pastor Moses needed his hands lifted. But nowhere in our text did it clarify uh, that Moses asked them for help. In fact, Aaron and Hur uh, found a rock and put Moses on it as they stood side by side. See, I don't want to get diverted in our text, but their attitude was, Pastor Moses, uh, you worry about upholding the vision. We'll make sure that you are supported. We're here to help you in any way, shape, and form. Whatever it is, whether it is our faithfulness in, the, in being here, or whether it is giving, whether it is witnessing, whether it is bringing someone to, uh, to the church, to Jesus Christ, whether it be outreach, their mentality was, as they see the vision lifted, they said, we have to respond. I mean, as men of the bad are being chosen, think about this. The Bible says that God spoke to Joshua to pick certain men. He said, choose certain men to go to battle. And the Bible says these two men, they weren't chosen. Nowhere in our text did it say that Moses picked them so they can go with them. But these are supporters. These are faceless. These are unknown men that are there, amen, to support their leaders say, we're going to stand side by side, right by you, and we're going to uphold the vision. Thirdly, there are the soldiers, men and women who are in the field establishing a work for God. These are men who have been launched into the field. The, they are the reason why we keep doing what we are doing, uh, because we are fighting to establish uh, in our generation that Jesus Christ uh, is the only hope, uh, that Jesus Christ is the only way for our generation. Uh, and Joshua is leading the soldiers in battle. Uh, and I wonder sometimes maybe they don't realize uh, that their leader along with Aaron and her are sacrificing pain and time to ensure that they win the battle they are fighting for souls of men by establishing the dominion of God in the harvest field and what they do matters as much as what we do in the local church but it's all together upholding and bearing the vision that God has given us this morning and that is to preach Jesus Christ until he comes back I want to close this morning I want to talk to you about what can we do. Oftentimes, being in our place is not the issue. Some of us, we have been here since day one. Thank God for that. Yes, and there are few things that we must consider if we think about our text. Because for the most part, I mean, it is built in us to do what we are called to do. However, there are things in our lives that can be recognized. And in order for us to uphold and bear the vision, number one, is that this morning you and I must overcome self. 
having an understanding that God called me to this specific position of either a supporter or a minister and I'm called to be selfless I'm called to help others which means amen that my loyalty is demanded sometimes I mean we could hinder our calling because our personal preference I rather prefer this I rather prefer that I rather prefer someone else I rather prefer brighter lights more toilets I know those are personal preference. As long as we are keeping the main thing, the main thing, we are called to commit and be loyal to our local church, to our leaders, and to the calling that God has for us. Overcoming our self-interest means that we're going to need to learn to uh, that somehow, some way, there are things that they're going to be done that we don't prefer. Uh, things that are going to discourage us. Uh, things that might offend us or make us uh, bitter. Uh, but how do we know it's not about us anymore? It's about Jesus Christ. And you think about these men, Aaron and Hur. I mean, they're they're next to Moses. And I would assume back in the days they don't have deodorant. That would make sense. But I want you to think about this. They're standing right next to Moses with both arms lifted. There's a sweet smelling aroma. But these men are standing there as Moses is sitting down upholding the staff of God. They're holding up his arms. And I'm sure from, sun, some, from sunrise until sunset, the Bible says, they're staying there. They're stench. I mean, upholding the vision sometimes for a long period of time, you get to see some stench, some hiccups when people, mistakes, character flaws in our leaders, things that may not fit your personal preference, but the vision is thing being held up, and that's all that matters. Second thing uh, we must overcome is rejection. When they stood on each side of Moses, uh, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. See, when we are supporting the vision... It seems like we aren't seeing the result we are seeing on our end. Sometimes for a long period of time, you can think about Aaron and her from the, from the morning until evening. They are holding up his arms. Their legs are tired. Amen. They're there day in and day out in reference to us. And we could be supporting. Amen. We could be praying. Amen. Year in and year out. And we're there saying, but where is the revival for me? Where is God's provision for me? Why hasn't my life changed? change amen and i'm here to tell you uh, there is some things that we need to overcome uh, and that rejection sometimes can tell you uh, that you are doing the things you are doing without seeing results we can feel sometimes rejected they had to hold it up things running through their minds well those men are chosen to be out in the field and here we are just upholding arms can i preach this morning Maybe perhaps there is celebration as the battle is won. They're out in the field. You see a celebration as the battle is won and the soldiers are uh, jumping up and down, high-fiving one another, uh, thanking God for the victory. But not one of them maybe ever looked up to the hill and say it was those guys that helped and supported. Maybe they feel excluded. 
Maybe you could be a younger age group being used and it seems like you're not involved. You could feel like you're not being recognized or you are laboring and sacrificing without being noticed by God. Maybe without being noticed by leaders. You've given time and time and time and time again. I'm here to tell you, amen, God has not rejected you. God has not forgotten about you. As soon, amen, as so long as you are faithful to the vision that God has given to the local church, as you give, as you pray, as you pray, Press through. Amen. The battle is in our advantage this morning. Psalms 133, verse number one. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head that run down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that came down upon the skirt of his garments. Thirdly, thirdly it's faithfully bearing Division. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it out loud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. How many know the vision this morning is bigger than you and I? It's larger than just our contribution. The vision is so supernatural that the result can only be God's work. We've heard Pastor Mitchell say this from time to time. This is the work of God. How many know this is still the work of God? I mean, ultimately, when you begin to look in our text, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, Joshua, and every single soldier that fought in this battle, they won that battle. Come on, somebody. You see, sometimes we forget that it takes up everyone's faithfulness to make this work. Every person that show up on the slides in our, uh, in our services as we pray for them, uh, the slides and the missionaries, the workers. Uh, this past conference, we had people stand on the stage uh, being launched into the field. Every pioneer work, uh, every missionary work. Uh, listen, it's not just their accomplishment, uh, but it is God's work through the faithfulness uh, of the leaders, the supporters, and the goers. Uh, so long as we uphold the vision, uh, I'm here to tell you, the battle is ours we read the last pages of this book and I'm here to remind you that we win come on somebody it's amazing that God's work through the Holy Spirit will be willing to entrust us flawed individual come on somebody with the responsibility to preach the gospel and see people saved delivered healed by the power of God I mean, know that's a huge responsibility that God has entrusted us with the vision to reach the world out of this insignificant place called Guam. We're reaching places we thought we'd never reach in our lifetime. Why? Because we are faithful to uphold the vision. It's a man by the name of Derek Simmons in the Gulf of Mexico. Nine people were drowning here in the Gulf of Mexico. The whole area beach area there were surrounded by hundreds of people they're gazing out as they are seeing these nine people drowning man by the name of Derek Simmons stood up and began to shout it out don't just stand there there's got to be some hope left for humanity in some of you 
As he said this, the extraordinary happened. Eighty strangers formed a human chain in which officers came and began to discourage them. Don't do that. Each and every one of you are going to drown. But 80 strangers begin to form together, amen, from the beachside all the way to the ocean. And those 80 people remain faceless and unknown. But the results were nine people made at home that day. Nobody knew these people. Their names are not on the internet. Their faces are not on a newspaper. But nine people made it home that day. Hello, somebody. I'm here to tell you there's some of us we here we feel like our labor is in vain. That we've been in church, we supported year in and year out, and it feels, it feels like I'm not doing anything with my life. Uh, listen, you might not be on the stage. Your face may not be on the slide. But you prayed for your leaders. You've given time and time again. You responded to the pledges. You prayed for revival. You supported the outreach. You come in every single service. You pray that God would give us revival. Listen, you may remain unknown and faceless, but I'm here to tell you, God sees you. Can we give God praise? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Vision bearers, can you bow your head and close your eyes for a second? Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.